0: All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless all his companions as well And to bless every single one of us and to make us from his true followers Beloved brothers and sisters in Islam yesterday we heard how the nation of Noah may peace be upon him Nuh alayhi salatu was destroyed and we heard the very vivid descriptions within the Quran if you looked at the dua made by Nuh alayhi salatu was salam it was very detailed where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of all the description that the prophet Noah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's peace be upon him had made Right at the end of the story, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and us all with a reminder. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah Hud, at the end of Nuh alayhi sallatu wa story, he says, ذَٰلِكَ إِذْ أَجْمَعُوا أَمْرَهُمْ وَهُمْ يمكون. In fact, that is a verse right at the end of Surah Yusuf, but the verse that is in Surah Hud, تِلْكَ مِنْ الْغَيْبِ إِلَيْكَ مَا كُنْتَ تعلمها. Makun tatalla muhawala kami mu kabnihada fosbir in alankibatal il mu taqe Allahu akbar. Allah says to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam This that we have related to you, the stories of the unseen which you have not seen. We have revealed it to you. Prior to this, neither did you know anything about Noah, nor did those around you know about these stories. It is us who told you. Subhanallah. So Allah is making mention of the favor upon us that we have revelation. That is a favor. We are sitting and reading a story. So authentic is the Qur'an that none of us have a speck of doubt as to the authenticity of the Qur'an in comparison with the other books. What a gift of Allah is that, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Today we are reading the Qur'an. I'm sure there are Huffa, there are people, so many from amongst us, who have memorized it cover to cover. It is your right to correct anybody who makes a mistake. Because we want to protect the book. We need to protect this Qur'an. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding. After that, Allah says, The moral of the mentioning of the story of Noah to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is as follows. Fasbir, bear patience. Subhanallah. Which means, these people in Mecca, they're going to trouble you. The kuffar of the time are going to hassle you. They're going to harass you. They're going to try and fight with you. They're going to do this and do that. And it's not going to be an easy task. It's uphill. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Here we've related to you a story of one of your brothers whom we had appointed as a messenger, who was there for 950 years as a da'i, which means as a nabi. He called his people for 950 years. He lived well beyond that. He lived for more than a thousand years. Because it is reported that even after they came off the ark, he lived for another 150 odd years, according to some narrations. So which means he lived for a long, long time. One narration says 250 years. Those were people who had life, not like us. Not even a quarter of that, Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. Speaking about proportions and quarters, do you realize that one third of the Qur'an is already completed? Ramadan just started now then the other day. One third of the Qur'an has been recited and we've listened to it, subhanallah. Before we know it, Ramadan will be over. So let us make the most of this beautiful month that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. Now as time passed and the children of Nuh a.s. generations began to pass, they were talking to their children of of how lucky they were as being from amongst those who were saved in the ark with Nuh a.s. And then there came shaitan again. And the same plan once again, he began to show the people the worship of those besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given the people a lot. There was a lot of wealth, there was a lot of physical power and strength. But they began to worship idols once again. They began to worship stones and statues. And this is why in Islam, we are not allowed to have any statues, anything animate that is made up to put into our houses and so on. Because the angels of mercy do not enter the house where there are these animate items hanging or statues and so on. The reason is, from the very beginning, shaitan used that plan to deviate man. We have somebody's... Frame up there Our children might not realize Who this person was And what will happen They might start bowing their heads And their children might start prostrating And we won't be there to tell them You know what We only put it because of X, Y and Z May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. So it's important for us to know When the Islamic rulings come Rather than try and say I don't understand them And I'm not going to adopt them Until I don't understand Or until I understand We'd rather say Look I surrender to it whether I know or not why it is there, the fact that it is a solid verse of the Qur'an, hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, law of the Sharia, we surrender to it. So now we find the children at the time, they were, as they were growing, they were growing bigger in size. They were growing bigger in size than those before them. Allahu Akbar. It reminds me of youngsters today. Fifteen years and you're looking at him like this. You know, you've got to greet him. Salaamu alaykum. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. But at that time they were tall, huge. Allah makes mention subhanahu wa ta'ala that these people were granted greater size than the people of Nuh. They were given more power than the first people. And they were granted gardens. They had so much. Allah makes mention of it in the Quran. These were the people of Aad. Aad, where is it? It is the name of a place. Between Oman and Adan. Between Oman and Yemen. Close to Hadramaut. That area in the southern Arabian peninsula, middle eastern region, these were the first Arabs, according to one narration. And what happened? They were so happy because Allah gave them wealth, Allah gave them strength, and they began to indulge. Over and above indulging, they forgot Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they started worshipping things, stones and items, shirk, engaging in shirk. So let's listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. In fact, a very important point that I've jotted down to make mention today is, there are two surahs in the Qur'an named after these people. No other nation do you have two whole surahs named after them. One is you have surah Hud. Now Hud is the messenger. Allah was not going to say surah Ad. No, not at all. Because we don't want to name the, the surah after people who were destroyed. No. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed the surah and we've been given the name as Surah Hud. The surah where the story of Hud alayhi salam is mentioned. And this is why these stories of Hud and Saleh and so on, they are not mentioned in the Old Testaments because these are Arabian Prophets, Arab Prophets. Sometimes you won't find these names in the Old Testament and so on. However, the lesson is for us all. The other surah is Surah Al-Ahqaf. Ahqaf meaning the sand dunes. They had sand dunes in that area, beautiful sand dunes, lovely area, they enjoyed. And they were people who built houses, we are going to come to see how they were building their own houses, and what happened, and how much extravagance there was. Remember, as Allah gives you more sustenance, you need to become more charitable. When Allah gives you more, you need to give out more. And as you get more, you need to come closer to the earth, you need to become down to the ground. People must not be able to say this man is the richest man and then he walks past, he doesn't greet, nobody greets, and there is like an air and a gap. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not do that to us. We need to be people. When Allah has provided us, if we want to know that it is good, we will be people who come down to earth. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about these people. Allahu Akbar Iram. That il imad is referring to either the height of the people as though they were tall pillars. Lam filbilad. Like them were not created prior on land. Which means they were so huge. Allah says we didn't make anyone like that before. Number one. Number two is the homes they used to make were also huge, like large pillars. Like that there was never before on earth. So both their stature, their structure, and what they used to make and build in terms of homes. And both of those are correct, because for a tall person you need a tall home with a ceiling that is very very high, because he needs to be covered. He's not going to come bending into his home. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of that verse. Whenever you read that verse, and I'm sure we read it regularly, you should think of these people of Aad, and how tall they were. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after making mention of how they used to worship Asnam, meaning idols. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the story firstly in Surah Al A'raf. Straight, Allah says, wa ila adin And to the people of Ad, we sent their brother Hud. Why does Allah say, akhahum? Because he was from amongst them. He was one of them. And this is why. Nearly all the, the nations that were sent prophets, that prophet was one from amongst them whom they knew from the time he was born. So that they could not say, this is an outsider, he's a foreigner, he's a stranger and so on. They knew this person. And he came up and then he warned as a messenger. And he was always known as truthful and honest and all the good qualities and so on. So Allah says, He says, Hud the said, قَالَ يَا قَوْمِ two different verses. Both of these verses Allah says he told his people, O oh my people, worship Allah alone without associating partners. For indeed there is no deity worthy of worship, no one, none worthy of worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. مَا لَكُم مِّن غيره You don't have anyone you can worship besides Allah. This shows us that the issue of polytheism and shirk is the prime issue that all the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dealt with. Because that was the trap of shaitan. The biggest thing he wanted to deviate man with is the issue of association of partnership with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he would laugh at the man and he would laugh at Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala to say, You see, I told you they won't worship you, they will either worship someone else or they will worship with you other things. So this is why all the messengers, you open the pages of the Quran, they all said, Malakum min ilahin You don't have anyone worthy of worship besides him, the one who made you. Do you not fear? Do you not, not have any consciousness in you? So what did they say? First things first, the, the disbelievers and the haughty from amongst his community, they were all powerful people, wealthy. They began to say, You are foolish. We see that you are a foolish man. You're a fool. You're telling us not to indulge. What's wrong? It's our wealth. We are living. It's our life. Let us do what we want with whatever we want. And we'll build as we want and do what we want. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, They were also amazed. That how can a man come to us? If Allah wanted to send a messenger, He could have sent an angel. Why did He have to send a human being? And so this is why in Surah Al-Mu'minun Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala makes mention of how they said ma illa mitlukum this is just a human being like all of you he eats whatever you people are eating and he drinks whatever you are drinking there's no virtue for him over the others my beloved brothers and sisters When the message of truth comes to you, even if it comes to you from a child, who is probably from a much poorer background, for as long as what he is saying is right, you shall listen. That is the message. When we become arrogant and think, no, we're not going to listen to him because, no, 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 he's from another clique, or, for example, he doesn't have enough money, or, for example, he's from a poor background, then we are losers. Because this is the same thing that happened to the messengers. They were not from loaded backgrounds. No. They had good lineage, and at the same time they were known, and they came with a message. So these people said, look, how can this person come to us, yet he eats what we eat, and he drinks what we drink. And they continued saying, وَلَا أَطَعْتُمْ بَشَرًا مِثْلَكُمْ إِنَّكُمْ إِذَا لَخَاسِرُونَ If you are going to follow a human being just like you, then you will be losers. Look at how foolish the statement is. Now there is something important in this story of Ad. They debated a lot with Hud alayhi salam. And also they always went back to their cronies and their people and they began to tell them, look we told him this, we said this, we said that and he doesn't have an answer. Not that he doesn't have an answer. Common sense is an answer. You know what else they said? Ayyidukum anna kum iza mitum wa kuntum turabaun wa izaman anna kum mukhrajun hayhata hayhata limatu adun Is he promising you that when you die and you have become decomposed that you are then going to be resurrected. Far, very far is that which you are being promised. It cannot be a reality. Imagine. They are saying, how can he tell you that when you go down and you're going to be decomposed, that you're going to come up? My beloved brothers and sisters, the lesson I learn and you learn from this. Sometimes we claim and we know, we believe that we are going to be resurrected. But the way we operate in our lives, as though there's no day of judgment. The way we carry on with all our bad ways, we never bat an eyelid sometimes. We never sit back to think, but I'm drinking, I'm clubbing, I'm committing adultery, I've got all these bad habits, and at the same time, I'm claiming that there's a life after death. How on earth can that happen? So sometimes we join the ranks of these people without knowing. But then Allah has mercy upon us. He sends to us the month of Ramadan. He sends to us blessed days. He gives us a Jumu'ah. It is compulsory for you to attend and try and listen to the message. Allahu Akbar. Why? Because the message will be uttered to soften the hearts. To soften the hearts. So whenever we read these stories, let's not just think that those people, they said, how will we be resurrected? We believe in resurrection, but sometimes our lives are proving otherwise. The way we lead them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a lesson. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about what else they said. <speaking in Hebrew> they told each other, look, this is just a life, enjoy it as much as you can. We are alive and we will die and that's it, there's no resurrection. <speaking in Hebrew> Same accusation as those who accused the Prophet Noah. May peace be upon him. They said, this man has a jinnah. Has a jinnah. What is the meaning of a jinnah? Jinn. He is possessed. So don't listen to him. Another verse, do you know what they said? illa بَعْضُ We are not uttering anything except that some of our gods have caused this man to become mad. Because he's gone against our gods, so the gods have become angry with him, these stones have become upset with him, and therefore they have inflicted him with a mental disease, and now he's a mental case. That's what they're saying. Why were all these statements? Let me tell you why. Because these rich, wealthy people, who had lots, who were big, huge, no sickness, they were massive people, they used to dwell in huge dwellings, we're going to get to the type of dwellings they had. They were... Scared that we are going to have to change our whole lifestyle because one man is telling us something So rather than changing their lifestyle and securing their akhirah, they decided to secure the dunya and lose the akhirah Now with us sometimes we are sitting comfortable in our bad habits and so many things and there comes a man And he starts reminding us, leave your drinking, leave your drugs, leave your gambling, leave your this, leave your womanizing, leave your bad habits, leave your lying, your cheating, your hatred, your deception, your so on and so on and so forth. And then we become upset. People who eat interest, you find a man saying, leave your interest. And they say, no, 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 block that man, stop that man, kick him out, throw him away. Well, to be honest, that's exactly what they did in all the previous nations. And Allah gave them respite up to a certain time after that destruction was total. So we must not become upset when someone touches the button. No, we must be happy. What is meant by touching the button? Exactly what's wrong with us, they're mentioning it. Don't say this man is attacking me or attacking this one. Nobody is attacking anyone. We need to realize it is Allah's message, just like all the others. The messengers were sent, they were direct, as we said. So now they started saying this man is a madman, and this man is like this, and he is possessed, only so that the others would not listen to him. Because if 1, 2, 5, 10, 20, 50 people started listening, he would start getting a base, and he would be able to attack he would be able to become victorious over these. No. So what did they decide to do? Allah speaks about them in the Qur'an. Allah says, وَإِذَا بَطَشْتُمْ بَطَشْتُمْ جَبَّارِينَ اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُونَ Hud told them that when you seize, when you want to punish someone, you, you destroy them totally. You seize so powerfully as though you are tyrants. A jabbar is a person who's killed a few people. He's known as a jabbar. Someone who's killed more than one or someone who's killed more than two is known as a jabbar. Which means they used to kill off those who were weak. And those who tried to go towards the message. They used to kill off those whom they considered a threat. Nobody could tell them anything. Why? They were huge, powerful people. And they were in the majority. Allahu Akbar. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned them through the prophethood. But now I want to spend a few moments describing to you their houses. Allah says, Are you those who used to build on the mountains, on every high place? You had your monumental home and palace. What is a monumental home and palace? They built palaces on top of the mountains, huge palaces, which they did not live in. It was only known that mountains, that house is for this man, that house is for that man, that house is for this man. Those were all on sand dunes and on the little mounts that they had. They were not living in them. So Allah says, Are you building extravagantly? these homes that you're not living in, you're not going to stay in them, and you becoming so indulged that you're forgetting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu akbar. And on top of that, the next verse says, and then in the valleys, you build the little houses that you are going to live in, in such a manner that you, you think you're going to live forever. You have taken these fine homes for yourselves, as though you are going to live forever. Allahu Akbar. So imagine the houses. These people, they owned the mountains. They carved up at the top of the mountains a place for them to live. And not for them to live, in fact, for them to boast, to brag. That's my home, that one's my house, that one's the other one's house, that's the uncle's house, and so on. Allahu Akbar. Look my beloved brothers and sisters, there is nothing wrong with owning a lot. There is nothing wrong with being wealthy. But the lesson is, the wealthier we become, the more down to earth we should be. The more we should be found in the masjid, the more we should be found giving charities. Subhanallah. That is when we will save ourselves from torment and from pain. And the lesson is for the rest as well. When you don't have much, there is a greater likelihood that you will be saved. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us savior. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us content with what we have. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about their size. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, <laughs> Remember, who alayhi salam is telling his people, remember, That Allah has made you the successors of the people of Noah. Allah has made you the successors of the people of Noah. May peace be upon him, who were destroyed completely. You are the successors. And Allah has given you greater physical strength than them. So, fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thereafter Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they started spreading a rumor that this man here, He's doing it for some ulterior motive. He wants some money. And this happened all the time. When someone came with goodness and related the message, they said, this guy must be making a lot of money out of this. That's why he's there. Allahu Akbar. Why? Why lay, lay accusations? So Hud salam says, "Ya قَوْمِ la أَسْأَلُكُمْ عَلَيْهِ أَجْرًا إِنْ أَجْرِيَ إِلَّا عَلَى الَّذِي فَطَرْنِي أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ Oh my people, I am not asking you to recompense me in any way whatsoever. My reward lies with the one who made me. Notice he didn't say alallahi. He didn't say my reward is with Allah. He says my reward is with the one who made me because he was calling his people to worshiping the one who made them, who is Allah. But when you use the term my maker, nobody has an answer. Worship your maker. Worship your creator. Worship the one you are going to return to. What do we call him? We call him the worshipped one. Translated in Arabic as Allah from Aliha Ya'la. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. So, sometimes when you use the word Allah, people think you're referring to a human, you're referring to an idol. I read an article once, not very long time ago, where people were trying to spread this rumor that Allah is actually, na'udhu billah, one idol that was remaining in the Kaaba at the time, and they call him Allah, and that's who the Muslims believe in, and that's why they... They prostrate to the Ka'bah. No, we don't. We do not worship the black box at all. Not at all. The only reason why we face that direction is to create uniformity. Allah decided that this is where you will face. And the Qur'an says, Virtue and righteousness is not achieved by which direction you face. Whether you face the east or the west. It's a verse in the Qur'an. But if you believe in Allah, then you've arrived. Then you have achieved righteousness. And so on. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. So remember there are people who intentionally try to misguide others. We should be careful and we should also convey the message to as many people as possible. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this Nabi, great Nabi, who was being tortured as well. He was being sworn at. He was being told so many things. One of the things he was told, he says, he was told that, our forefathers did not come with what you have come with. So why should we listen to you? How can you go against your forefathers? Same thing. <laughs> Are you telling us to worship one Allah and to leave these things that our forefathers used to worship? What lesson do we have in that? My beloved brothers and sisters, we've said it and we will repeat it. This is why Allah has repeated it in the Qur'an. Whatever we are doing, if it is right, alhamdulillah. If it is wrong, no matter how many generations of our forefathers have been doing it, it will be wrong. So we should know, when the truth comes to us, even if generations before us have been indulged in wrong, we should surrender to the truth, we will be securing our akhirah. Like Ibrahim salam told his father, he says, ''Oh my father, knowledge has come to me which hasn't come to you. So follow me, I will guide you.'' Allahu Akbar. His father was too arrogant. He says, ''No, I'm not. Firstly, I'm making money from these idols. And secondly, who do you think you are?'' ''You're my son. How can you tell that to me?'' Allahu Akbar. Sometimes our children will go far beyond us in religion and in studies. They will come and they will tell us, ''Dad, you're wrong. Mom, why don't you cover your hair?'' Do you know that that hair continues cursing you for as long as it is open in public? My beloved mother, cover it. This is the day of Ramadan. Make a decision for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the mother says, Hey, how can you talk to your mom like that? What is that? That is rejection from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The poor son is coming, he's learnt a lot more. And he is coming to now obey the commands of Allah and to teach others the same commands. How can we reject it? This is why we always say, That whenever your children have shown greater spirituality and they move further than you, encourage them. That will be a point of your encouragement as well. I have seen cases where the mother is semi-naked and the daughter is in full hijab. MashaAllah. Now if we are going to be feeling, what, what word can we use? If we are going to be feeling bad or embarrassed, that's the word, embarrassed to walk with our own daughter... Somewhere, just because she's dressed appropriately, or walk with your son who's got a huge beard, mashallah, in the streets of New York, why should we be embarrassed? That's our child. That's our son. If Allah has given them the courage to do that, alhamdulillah, if Allah has given them the courage greater than us, why must we pull them down to our level? Try and get up to their level, and if you haven't had the strength to get right up there, at least you support them and encourage them, and cheer them on. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. And may Allah open our doors. So Hud alayhi salatu wassalam, He warns his people and he tells them. Fear the one who has blessed you with so much. He has blessed you with what you know. You know what he has blessed you with. Fear Him, be conscious of Him, appreciate those blessings. What were these blessings? You have so much cattle, and you have so many children who are powerful, huge children. Imagine, they had hundreds of children each, not just like us. Because they lived for an average of a thousand years. Imagine if every year there was a birth. How many children do you think they would have had? Allahu Akbar. So Allah speaks about it in the Qur'an. He says, we have blessed you with offspring, with children in abundance. So thank Allah for that. And Allah has blessed you with so many beautiful gardens and so many springs that are gushing forth. It's like paradise here. So be thankful to Allah. My beloved brothers and sisters, when Allah has given you, it is not a sign that He is happy with you. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken away from you, it is not a sign that He is angry with you. No. It all depends on the condition of your heart. You are a content person, even if you don't have anything, Allah is pleased with you. And if you have everything and you are still content, then it is a sign of goodness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us more and keep us content. You see, man says a louder Ameen, when you when you ask for more in terms of sustenance together with barakah. It's nature. That is the nature of man. But if anyone had to say, Ya Allah, grant us less with contentment, I don't think we would hear an Amin quickly. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. But it's good. We should make that dua. Ya Allah, grant us increase in our sustenance in a manner that it will be a means of our gaining closeness to you. Ameen. MashaAllah. Don't worry, you can say ameen three times. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how Hud alayhi salatu wasalam warns his people. Then they told him, they started arguing, they started debating. They told him, قَالُوا <todic music> Oh hood, stop wasting your time. Whether you warn us or you don't warn us, it will make no difference to us. Have you ever heard people say that? Tell us or don't tell us, doesn't make a difference. We're not bothered. Allahu Akbar. So Allah says, these statements were uttered at that time. And do you know what happened? They said, these tales that you are telling us about Nuh, because he told them that Nuh alayhi salam's people were destroyed just before you. He says, these are tales of the people of the past. As for us, we are stronger than them, we have much more than them, we cannot be destroyed. Allahu Akbar. Ma nahnu بمعذبين عذاب cannot come to us. No, we are sitting comfortable. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about another accusation. They said, In illa rajulun Okay? This man has come to us, but he's lying. He's a liar. So one, he's mad. Two, he's possessed. Three, he's a liar. Four, he's after money. He's after this. Look at all his accusations. Why accuse? Let me tell you. And I repeat it. Because instead of adjusting their entire lives and leaving all their bad ways, they wanted to be in dominance. They wanted to be in control. They wanted to have everything in their hands. And they wanted to be the ones who were looked up to. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you really want to be looked up to? You need to come. And obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. من توابع لله رفعه الله. The hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Whoever humbles himself for the sake of Allah, Allah raises his status and makes it shoot up. For the sake of Allah. And whoever wants to be arrogant and haughty, Allah drops him down. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never drop us down. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allahu Akbar they uttered one statement which was very blasphemous. Very blasphemous. Look at what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah Fusilat. For your information, that surah Fusilat, a few days ago I made mention of it, that when Utbah ibn Rabi'ah went to the Prophet to say, please leave what you are saying, and he told them, he told Utbah ibn Rabi'ah, that if you put the sun in my right hand, the moon in my left hand, I'm not going to leave this. And he began to read the opening verses of Surah Fussilat until he got to the point where he made mention of Aad and Thamud. And this is the verse. <laughs> They were haughty, arrogant on this earth. they rejected the truth. They were despising those on the right path. And what did they say? They said, "There is nobody more strong than us. No one. Who is there who has more power than us?" This was a question they asked. So Allah responds immediately, مِنْهُمْ Allah." Do they not see simple calculation in their brains that the one who created them, the Allah, is more powerful than them? They're asking a question, who is there more powerful than us? Allah says, can't they see that whoever made them is more powerful than them? Imagine. This is why sometimes when people are drowning in affluence and leisure and extravagance, they tend to forget who is higher than them you find a statement flying around a lot, to say, we'll fix these people. Who do they think they are? nobody Nobody can do anything to us. And so on. Wallahi, those statements are blasphemous. If Allah wants, He can cause a mosquito, a mosquito, to come and cause the death of anybody. Subhanallah. And we know that. We know of diseases that are spread, via mosquito, whether it's malaria or anything else. One small little insect, and it will stop you, your sleep. You can have a home, that is as big as anything, huge. 500 people can fit in there with a bedding that 10 people can sleep on. But you just have to hear that at night and it's over. Wallahi, it's a fact. You got to hear that little sound and it's over. It's over. Imagine what happened. What happened there? Allahu Akbar. I know everyone is laughing because we know the irritation of it. I think we've tasted it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us sound sleep. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from all these parasites. And little bugs and so on. And may Allah grant us cure from the diseases. All those who are sick, Ya Allah grant them cure and shifa. Amen. So this is what happened. Then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Hud عليه والسلام." Now he, after this challenge, they made a challenge, one more challenge. And they told him, "Bring what you are telling us. You told us a punishment is coming. It can't come. Bring it. We want it. Come." So he says, "Look, Allah knows best." Allah will bring it when the time is right. But they kept on challenging him. No, we want to see, bring it. So now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He told His people, قَالَ إِنِّي أُشْهِدُ اللَّهَ أَنِّي بَرِيءٌ مِّمَّا تُشْرِكُونَ مِن دُونِهِ ثُمَّ la تُنظِرُونَ Hud salam got up in front of all his people and he says, O oh, my people, I am making Allah bear witness and I am making all of you bear witness that I am free from all that which you have associated as partnership with Allah. So now, if you want to plot against me, all of you get together and let's see what you're going to do to me. Now this was a challenge the other way around. They told him, we'll fix you up. So he says, okay, you fix me up. All of you, the first thing I want to tell you is, I am free from this polytheism that you are engaged in. And now that I've told you that, I want you to bear witness, now do what you want. Let's see. Now this was a challenge. The messengers never normally told the people, look, come attack me. He says, Come plot against me, all of you together. When you come, you will see what will happen. Allah will destroy you just as you come. This is what he said. You won't be given respite. So they they didn't come. Allahu Akbar. They didn't come. As big as they were, it was the first crack that appeared. First crack. Because they said, Hey, you know what? Something. He must be right. Maybe. We don't know. Whatever. Allahu Akbar. Imagine they were frightened. Because he says, Come. So that means deep down they knew the truth. Wallahi, my beloved brothers and sisters, there are so many people. In their hearts they know the truth. But something is stopping them from surrendering to it. That is shaitan. This afternoon I was speaking in Portland. In fact, in Masjid al-Rabi' in Mitchell's Plain. And I made mention of a beautiful discussion I had with one of the youngsters. And in a nutshell, he says, Sometimes when I look at Shaytan and I think to myself that, you know, it's a blessing that Allah has created Shaytan, I looked at this youngster and I'm trying to think, let me try and listen to what he's saying up to the end. It might make sense to me. And he says, because for all our problems and for all the enmity and everything that we've got between us, we can at least blame Shaytan. Allahu <laughs> Akbar. What a powerful statement. So if I have a problem with you, I blame Shaytan. And I say, look brother, sorry man, that was shaitan, now don't hold it against me. <laughs> and you look at me, and you say, look brother, that was shaitan, and Allah, that is an acceptable excuse. Did you know that? So isn't that a gift? Imagine if shaitan wasn't there, who would we blame? Now what I'm saying, the moral of that little discussion is, sort your problems out, at least blame shaitan and sort them out. Because sometimes you find brothers not talking to each other for 20 years. You find relatives not speaking to each other for 10 years. Why? Something minute. Wallahi, it is true. It's shaitan. It is shaitan. Stopping. Prop- shaitan is the one that turns and twists people. If he wasn't there, this would not have happened. Fact. Allahu Akbar. So it's good. In a way, we blame shaitan. That's the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we come to the right path. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us protection from shaitan. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when he told them that, they were quiet. Now he raised his hands to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remember Nuh alayhi salam made a long dua. Hud salam, a dua mentioned in the Quran, one dua, short, short as anything. He says, "O Oh Allah, assist me, because they have now belied me. That's all. Help me ya Allah. That's all he said. And Allah responded immediately. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَالَ عَمَّا قَلِيلٍ لَيُصْبِحُنَّ نَادِمِينَ Don't worry, hood, very very soon they will regret everything. When that revelation came, you find the Nabi is happy. Now he's okay. So what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala affected them with a drought. Now their gardens began to dry up. For some years, there was a drought. And when their gardens began to dry up, they used to go to their gods, their stones, and ask the stones, we need rain, we need rain. And Hood told them, وَيَا قَوْمِ رَبَّكُمْ ثُمَّ إِلَيْهِ وَيَزِدِكُمْ قُوَّةً إِلَىٰ قُوَّتِكُمْ وَلَا تَتَوَلَّوُ مُجِرِمِينَ Oh my people, if you really want rain, there's two things you need to do. Repent and turn to Allah. استغفار and توبہ. يَا قَوْمِ اسْتَغْفِرُوا استغفار means to seek forgiveness. رَبَّكُمْ ثُمَّ تُوبُوا إِلَيْهِ And توبہ means to return to Allah. So when we say istighfar and tawbah, the difference between the two is, one is to ask Allah's forgiveness, and two is to now walk on that path and return to Allah. So Hud alayhi salam says, it's not good enough to say Allah forgive me and you're still on the path. Seek forgiveness and come on the path, you see the clouds will come immediately and there'll be beneficial rain. You'll this sama'a alaykum مِدَرَارًا Beautiful rain will fall for you. And you know how strong you are? Allah will grant you more strength over and above the strength you already have. They were already the strongest that were ever created by Allah, the strongest nation created by Allah, the nation of Ad. Just remember what I've said, because at the end we're going to need that statement. The strongest nation created by Allah was the nation of Ad. And Allah says, "I will grant you increase." If you seek forgiveness, but no, they went back to their gods and their idols. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, We sent them. What did we send them? A huge cloud. And when they saw it, they were happy because they were healthy people. When they saw this huge, dense cloud come towards their valley, they were so happy. They said, what did they say? Allahu Akbar. They said, wow, this is a beautiful cloud. At last it's coming with rain. A dark cloud. They were happy. Allah says, بَلْ fiha This is in fact what they were asking for. It is the punishment of Allah coming with wind. No rain is going to fall. So it started. It came... The cloud came, and the wind started blowing. What type of a wind was it? Allah says, فَأَرْسَلْنَا sar These were the days of a bad omen, according to them. When the wind started blowing, they said, this is a bad omen. So Allah says, okay, days of bad omen. Call it what you want. Days of bad omen. Reyhan sar saran." cold, freezing, ice-cold wind with a howling sound. A howling sound. And then as it came, it started gaining strength. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَأَمَّا عَادٌ فَأُهْلِكُوا بِرِيحٍ صَرْصَرٍ عَاتِيَةٍ سَخَّرَهَا عَلَيْهِمْ سَبْعَ لَيَالٍ وَثَمَانِيَةَ أَيَّامٍ حُسُومًا فَتَرَى الْقَوْمَ فِيهَا كَأَنَّهُمْ أَعْجَازُ نَخْلٍ خَاوِيَةٍ Allah أكبر Allah says, We sent ad sar We sent them such a powerful wind for eight days and seven nights. And that wind destroyed absolutely everything. Complete destruction, everything. Allah asks Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a question. He says, these were the most powerful people. Do you even see a remnants of them? Pharaoh, there's a sign to prove he was there. Madian, Saleh, the people of Thamud, there is a sign to prove they were there. The others, the people of Noah, there may be signs that they were there. These people, not a sign. Go and hunt the globe. If we were not told the story in the Qur'an, we would never even have archaeological evidence to prove that anything happened. Nothing. And why did Allah do this? Some of the historians, Muslim historians explain, and the ulama explain, that one of the reasons is, they were too big, too strong. And Allah says, the stronger you were, when you defied us to think you were the strongest, we showed the rest, that you are not only destroyed, but now vanished from the face of the earth. You know the most powerful words are used when it comes to the destruction of Ad. Do we want to hear some of these words? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The wind came and plucked the people and shook them up, broke them, destroyed them and threw them as though they were rotting, cut stumps of a burnt palm tree. Imagine, stumps of a palm tree. What can you do? A rolling bark stump of a palm tree. Rotten, burnt, out, uprooted. Allahu Akbar. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses even a more powerful word. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an that He has destroyed them to smithereens. Complete destruction. Total, complete destruction. To dammiru kulla shay'in bi amri rabbiha, Everything was destroyed completely by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how He saved Aad, meaning He saved Hud alayhi salatu wa salam and those who believed. Allah says, yeah. When our command came, when our instruction came, we saved Hud, we saved those who believed with him, and then we destroyed the rest. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that they will have a punishment, even in the akhirah, that is far greater than the punishment that they have tasted today. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an, in so many different places, that he has kept these stories for us as a lesson. Do you know a verse we read this evening? Powerful verse we read this evening. And another verse connected, which is also in Surah Al-Ahqaf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the people of Quraysh and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, We established those people of the sand dunes far more than we established you. We gave them that which we did not give you. We granted them so much. More than we gave you, in terms of stature and power. We gave them the faculty of hearing, pure, powerful faculty of hearing, faculty of sight. We gave them hearts, we gave them so much. But Allah says, فَمَا أَغْنَى عَنْهُمْ سَمْعُهُمْ وَلَا أَبْصَارُهُمْ وَلَا أَفْئِدَتُهُمْ مِّن شَيْءٍ إِذْ كَانُوا يَجْحَدُونَ بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ Nothing helped them. Their eyesight didn't help them. Their hearing didn't help them. Their hearts didn't help them. They still denied. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says over and above that, their stature did not help them. Their wealth didn't help them. Their big big homes, nothing helped them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Do you see any remnants of these people so the lesson is, we have eyes, we have the ears, we have the heart. When we hear a message, let us change our lives.